This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. As we come back on the oh. air, as if it would not influence my day, that we have pie today. Now, you may have been here last week uh, at this time uh, for the very tragic departure of myself, which normally is not tragic at all. Most people have cheered on. That was, we cheered it then. I don't know Even, what you're talking about. Most people, uh, <laughs> what was different about that? Well, the too? only thing that was different was the reason for the departure, which sadly was my dog passing away in the middle of the show, which really freaking sucked. And uh, on top of that, on top of that sucking, uh, we were about to start a, a segment in which I ate a lot of pie. Well, first there was a segment in which we got to see Jeffy get pie in his face, uh, which didn't, uh, by the way, did not, I, I did watch it back, did not work out well. I mean, you lost and barely got hit with it at all. It was a real disappointment because I wanted to see you go through something tragic and terrible as well. Well, your partner in crime, Pat Gray, probably making me sick from his germs, rubbed it in my face. No, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, he made least, it count. At least we got that in there. Uh, but after that, we were supposed to eat pie from Emporium Pies, and I and, missed and, out on and it. And we did. Yeah, you did. It was uh, very, but I was very we disappointed. Did. And because there was extra pieces that I was going to eat, and it seems like they were all eaten. I don't know who. I got news for you, Stu. There were no extra pieces. <laughs> I don't know where you get this so, extra pieces. <laughs> So today we have a spoon segment in which they, because they're being nice to me and they feel bad for me, let's be honest about it, they're bringing back Emporium Pies. Um, it's my favorite pie place around here. Uh, really good. If you want to order a pie, a I'm call. sure they sell them online. They're really freaking really good, good pies. Call. There, um, were, there were two or three that were outstanding. 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 Um, so what do we have? To, what kind of pies do we have today, Marissa? Do we know? All of them? Okay. All right. We've got new uh, sp- Oh. The new spring oh, the spring pies line is up. From Emporium Pies. Wow. They, they put the spring line out before Phil saw his shadow. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they, they winter, do go so. on the Staten Island Chuck uh, timeline. Okay. So that's okay. All right. So that's coming up in just a little bit. Uh, let's uh, start here with uh, the Super Bowl. I will be uh, leaving here momentarily to go to the Super Bowl as I do every year. This Man, I'm so, I tell you. Go ahead, Stu. This will be my 12th Super Bowl. Uh, I figured that out today. Twelfth. Well, I would have bet more for some reason. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've got to say, it's now it was a, so it's been eleven in a row, and there was one earlier one, um, and that earlier one was the most tragic of all Super Bowls, in which the Philadelphia Eagles lost to the New England Patriots, which is part of the reason why I hate them so much. The Eagles, me too. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, George H. W. Bush will be there now. George H. W. Bush coming off of a 
uh, yeah, hospital stay. Hospital stay just being released is going to be there to toss the pregame uh, coin. Barbara's going to be there too. Uh, Barbara will be there. Roll them both out. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of nice, right? I and, mean, yeah, I, I was uh, uh, Goodell. I heard an interview with him saying that he was, uh, you know, he was happy, and he called him after the hospital stay and uh, said, "Hey." Still want to do this? We still want to do this? Are you okay? Yeah. And they were both fired up. They wanted to do it. That's so great. They'll have big smiles on their face. It'll be cool. And they'll get a, a warm applause. Oh, I mean, he, in Houston? Yeah, first of all, in Houston. Second of all, um, and, you know, a lot of people from outside Houston are going to be there. I think even if you had um, um, a... Uh, well, that's true. The Super Bowl George crowd w. is a little bit different. Yeah, but. yeah totally. I mean, it's mostly people from yeah. outside the city. Um, the uh, If George W. Bush was there, I think he'd still do fine. Um, but, you know, I, the warmness for George H.W. Bush is, I think for Democrats, he's seen as sort of a, a not, a, 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 he's not seen like yeah. Reagan, who was really effective for conservative values. And he's not seen like Bush, who's sort of seen as the devil, certainly not seen as Trump. Um, oh, he's close. seen as like the nice guy of the group, of the Republican presidency that you can remember. He's still alive. And he um, said he would vote for Hillary. Uh, so he did actually, uh, well, we don't know that no, for sure, but it was reported. Yeah, I and I think, honestly, it's probably true, um, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, it probably is uh, absolutely uh, true. They were no fans, but they've been very gracious to Trump since the election, and, and I think they deserve some credit for that. Um, uh, he, uh, so they're going to be there. Um, another guy who's pretty excited about, uh, you know, because sometimes people say, well, I'm going to have a beer. What, what could possibly, what good could come out of that? You know, maybe I, I drink and drive. If I drink too much, maybe uh, I have bad health effects. Maybe I do something um, that I shouldn't have done. Well, this guy uh, had some positive uh, outcomes from this, didn't he, Jesse? A Wichita, Kansas man. Yes, he won Bud Light sweepstakes awards for Super Bowl tickets for life. For life, man. Think of that. That's what I need. Now, that's a beer worth drinking right there. Oh, yeah. Bud Light. I know. I'm Bud Light, you know. it's Over the holidays, Lyle Randa ran out of a 30-pack of Bud Light. And, man, do I hate it when the 30-pack runs out. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> as he was stocking cans from the pack in the fridge, he noticed one was gold. The meaning he was eligible for Bud Light Super Bowl tickets for life. Oh, see, they... Yeah, that I sucks. See, I know. Yeah, I know. I, they're saying there's 37,000 gold cans. So you've got I mean, a gold can, you think you have a chance to win. Well, you do. You do, I know. That's kind of, I mean, that's a good contest, and I, I get it, but it just seems like it'd be worth more than the gold. Anyway... It is pretty cool, though. Yes, uh, he got it. 37,000, right? Entries, what's the odds? One in 37,000. Rest of his life, I had no idea that an ordinary Bud Light would change my life. Mm. It's changed so many lives. Dream so many come true. for the worse. And then <laughs> this one for the better. <laughs> uh, but it's, added, it's certainly led to many fun nights in my life. Uh, so I, 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 That's I, fantastic, though. Good for great. him. Yeah. Good for him. That, uh, that's, a, that's a good contest. That's a good one to win. It's a good one to win. I, Super Bowl tickets for life is a freaking nice prize right there. That's a that good one is, to win. That's Even, I don't solid. care where you're at. I don't care if they sit you up in the rafters. I mean, you're in there. Yeah. Because I mean, they, that's, that's a tough ticket to hold. As a man who's been looking at the get-in price of the Super Bowl quite a bit recently, yeah, it's worth, that's worth yeah. some cash. I mean, I, there's, uh, I talked to someone today who uh, uh, knows someone that's going down to the Super Bowl to cover you know, some of the events and everything. And, uh, and as we well know from last year, we covered the Super Bowl breakfast, and we'll be doing that again this year. Uh, yeah, you can watch it on Sunday. Uh, yeah, make, it it happens on, on Saturday, and then it airs on, on Sunday, Sunday on the yeah. Blaze. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, yeah. if you're a football fan, by the way, not to cut you off, Jeppy, that is a, man, that is a fun freaking I event. I, I love know. that. Um, you know, you want to talk about 
Really smart guys Last talking year's was old great. school if football. It's on demand anywhere. Oh man, I don't know if it is. I have to go look. That was well worth it. I then. mean, those guys just going up telling war stories, basically. And it was so. If you love football like I do, and you know, you you used to spend all of us sat there at that table just watching, listen to those guys. Man, it was great. And I gotta admit, like I, the Super Bowl breakfast for me um, was not an not a, not initially an easy sell because. A, I'm at the Super Bowl. I likely the night before I'm going to stay up very late and drink many of the Bud Lights you just saw. Huh. Uh, so the, the morning is not easy for me on Super Bowl weekend. Um, and the thing starts at 8 a.m. And I was like, well, this is probably going to be cool. They'll have some celebrities kind of trot out there and accept awards, and that'll be yeah. it. And it's like, well, you know, that'll be fun, but I, I'm, you know, whatever. It's not like that. It's it's these guys just getting. You're talking about some of the best football players of all time. Yeah, the icons going up there telling behind the scenes stories you've never heard, stories about uh, you know great um, Super Bowls from the past. Uh, you know the way they used to bust on their teammates, uh, how things broke down in the huddle on on plays that are, are, are historic. I mean, it was. I mean, if you you gotta love football, but man, if you love football, that is a really fun thing to watch. It was really good. We had a great time at that, and uh, and you know, just to watch those guys talk, t- tell those stories was so so fun. And you know, I, this comes from a guy who used to watch, you know, when I was a kid, every single half hour yeah. Super Bowl review from one <laughs> in order all the way up to whatever one we were, whichever one we were at, because I wanted to make sure I watched them all up in order. Date. We're up to date. We know what we've got. I was where we're at. Know, I, so I'm that big of a fan, but it was it was it was really fun. Which brings us uh, back to the point of we were there doing that and didn't have tickets to the game. It's it's a hard so it's a tough look, ticket to get, man. It is work. Uh, you know, I have this is now uh, 12 years I've gone. This will be the 12th year I go to the Super Bowl. The first year uh, we were season ticket holders of the Eagles, so we were able to buy one at Facebook. Who is it? And go. First of all, I mean, really, who is? Well, it? Season I, tickets I, to the we, I lived, you know, a half hour from the stadium, and you know, I'm, I'm an Eagles fan, so still I still holding I, those. You know, uh, no, no, we, they were gone long, long time ago. Oh, I don't really? live there anymore. I live in Texas. So what? What am I going to do with freaking? Just sell them? Yeah, you still be the holder. It'd be part of the deal. I know I've, I actually are you have a drunk. What are you no, talking about? No, I have about? somebody that lives in Tampa. A friend of mine lives in Tampa. He is on the list and will get them as soon as they come available season tickets to the New York Giants, the New York football Giants. I mean, he's been waiting to get the phone call. And Why? he lives in Tampa because he just he wants to be able to have them and hold them. I'll just buy the tickets to the games I want to go to. That's what I do. So that year I got them that way. I've had a couple years where I've lucked into them uh, very, very cheaply to maybe zero dollars a couple years. Uh, uh, then a couple years, or I've, uh, most of the years I've had them right around face value because, you know, we're in the media and there's always some contact that's selling their ticket or whatever and you're able to get something uh, halfway decent. There's been a couple years where it's been full out breakdown, go to the open market and pray, and Ooh. those have not been fun. Uh, but overall, the price has been, you know, a, a little bit above face value, but not, or maybe not even. I guess with the free years, maybe not even. Well, when the um, Super Bowl was in Tampa and I was at the game on, uh, you know, with my press passes and stuff, I was looking oh, for you. I was and, so uh, pissed at that. We I were at the game. We're down there. The Super Bowl in Tampa. <laughs> I'm down there with three of my friends. We, that was the year. That was the first year we had complete breakdown of the uh, ticket market. connection system. We were on, like calling ticket agents being like, do you have any tickets left? All the way up to the morning. And it was one of those day, games where usually what happens with ticket prices like this and these events, and a lot of people have figured this out, so it doesn't always happen anymore. But the, the tickets are, you know, a certain price. The teams get announced. They, they go up because everybody from those sure. two cities goes to try to buy them. Then over the next two weeks, they slowly, slowly trickle down, and they bottom out three or four days before the game. So 
the way to go buy those tickets is three or four days before the game. You trust that that's going to happen, and then you try to buy them. So almost every Super Bowl I go to, I don't have tickets when I leave. I mean, you just go there and you get them when you're there. You just, it's, you know, my wife, every time I tell her this, she just gets freaked out because it's like, she's a planner and she can never deal with this sort of, it's, it's chaos at times. So the Tampa year, for whatever reason, it didn't do this. So there were no tickets. We're talking like get in prices through the roof. Like we, we, it was way over our budgets to get in. Um, And we were like, this isn't going to happen. Like we were like, what's going to happen here is we're just going to go to like, I don't know, a restaurant and, and, and have a fun Super Bowl party. Uh, and that's it. Like, there's going right. to be no Super We're not going to see it. We're going to watch it on TV. We're in the city. We're going to watch it on TV. And so the last minute, a couple tickets opened up that were right around where we wanted to go. It was seriously like we, we got a ride, uh, a taxi or something. Yeah, the game, the game was already started. We were well, pretty close, close right? Yeah. yeah. We, I, so we ha- we're walking by the stadium. The, th- the, ticket a- the ticket agent was a mile and a half from the stadium. I had to, by myself, run from the stadium to this ticket agent, pick up the tickets, run back. And again, there was a little walking involved. I'm not <laughs> capable of walking, running three miles at any point in my life, let alone now. Uh, ran back, got the tickets, walked through all the security, sat down during the national anthem. That's how close we cut that there one. There you go. That was stress. Especially when you're depending on me running. That is not something you want to do no, um, oh my for your entertainment. If well, it is pretty entertaining to If you were planning watch. on me, you wouldn't have got the tickets. <laughs> no, I, I ain't running. Seriously. You got to run. We all no, looked I at, don't. And then I remember the conversation. It was like everyone looked around at each other like, who's the person who can run and, and make it? And I was the choice. That's how bad so that's that crowd bad. was. <laughs> you want to talk about a disaster? Like, you look like you're the one that can run three miles uh, best out of all of us. It was not pretty, but for the Super Bowl, you do that's it, right? Hilarious. I mean, yeah, you, you, you make to. it happen. That's funny. Yeah. Man, if that were me, think of, the, think of the, the crowd. If I were ever picked out of a crowd like that. To be the one. To Holy run. crap! There would be you, and the only thing it could be is three clones of you, because well, you wouldn't beat anybody else. <laughs> uh, so uh, bad lip reading. The guys over there today, you know, they they do these. These are really funny. I think. They sure. Um, and this one is the uh, NFL. They did one for the NFL 2017 season. Let's watch. This wall is magical. You can't touch me. <laughs> my neck. My neck. You play for the devil. I got books on the shelf. But who reads? Yeah, I hear you. Your books are terrible. My gland scraped a pipe. I never said who pushed dad. Gurton, Gurton, Gurton. When you die, I'll be outside. Your tongue is ashy. I don't think that's possible. Your dog is so dang ashy. It's ashy. Dude, it's ashy. It's ashy. Somebody took the nickels out of my dang locker. You hear what I said? Every one of you guys is now a suspect, okay? Smurfs. You'll pay for this in Odin's name. I normally can't go outside. What is up, my friend? You know what's so funny? Tattoos. I want to go find a better bag. Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott was tremendous. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of how I picture his voice, too. I don't know why. Really? I think they nailed it. Uh, actually, there's a little bit more. Let's watch part two. What was your most awfulest date? It was in the rainforest. I went there a couple of times because I was in love. <laughs> and I found this perfect place. And then I built a wicker hut for us. But the platform was kind of frail. And it broke <laughs> when she was in there. And you could hear sobs. I mean, it was a really silly way for her to die way out there. That's a pretty awful day. Yeah. Bro, I can't handle your face. What is your great face? Ah, dog, because your face looks like you got dirt in your mouth. All right. 
Yeah, I grew up in South Park, Ohio, where snakes don't bite on you. Yeah, I think we can let go. But I don't want to let go yet. Okay. I just want to stay right here, Yeah, you know, well, because it feels really nice. I was thinking, you know, I might need to leave. <laughs> there you go. Uh, funny. All right, uh, 727 back is the phone number. I really just want to get to pie. So let's take a break. The, the faster we take commercial breaks, the faster we get to pie. We'll be right back. No commentary at all? You're just... We're going to break. So the faster we get to break, the faster we get to pie. Triple Eight Seven Twenty Seven Beck is the phone number. Super Bowl right around the corner. Annual Super Bowl tradition is known as Media Day, which they actually changed to Super Bowl Opening Night this year. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I guess I mean Media Day is not sexy, and they so they no, put it, it is now Opening Night. So it's now at night. It's a primetime event. You can watch it. I think on NFL Network. Yeah. They do all the interviews. Um, but there's a list of the uh, from Mental Floss the dumbest questions of all time. Uh, here we go. Uh, Super Bowl uh, Media Day, a Japanese reporter. Again, this is a Japanese reporter who might not know the sport. I don't know if it's stupid. Uh, but you should probably know who you're talking to. Uh, was speaking to uh, Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana from the 49ers and uh, asked him, tell me, why do they call you Boomer? <laughs> um, well, they don't. Uh, Boomer Esiason was the quarterback for the other team. <laughs> you should absolutely know who you're talking to, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're. Right. I mean, Joe handled that pretty well. He could he could have been a you know he could have been a a really the mean guy. He could have been a jerk about yeah. it, but no, he was yeah. cool. I mean, Joe Montana handles everything with uh, with class. Uh, someone asked Tennessee Titans defensive tackle Joe Salvo, "What's your relationship with the football?" To which the answer would say, "I'd say it's strictly platonic." That's <laughs> a good answer. Well, that's not a dumb question. It's just a good answer. It's a relationship with the football. Right, I suppose that's true. Uh, Media Day is where like St. Louis player. The strings. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a football out here and show everyone what your relationship with the football is. You don't want to see that. Media Day is where a St. Louis player found himself pondering the grammatical conundrum contained within the question Is ram a noun or a verb? Speaking of rams, I, by the way, think it's a noun because you, to pluralize it is the issue. They're rams. I mean, you, you wouldn't pluralize the verb like that. Okay. Right? So I'm going to go with it's a noun. This is a stupid question. Next, Jeffy. See? Speaking of rams, a rams quarterback, uh, Kurt Warner. Do you believe in voodoo? And can I have a lock of your hair? That's nah, a joke question, though. That's not a, a stupid question. This is a joke question. Uh... uh you wouldn't take a lock of Kurt Warner's Well, hair? I would, yeah, but, I mean, obviously. Okay. Uh, how about, uh, you remember downtown Julie Brown? Remember her? I do. Yeah. Actually, sadly, I do. Yeah, from, uh, there, that was a weird crew. Uh, you remember you had, like, uh, was, Ed Lover? She, yeah, Dr. She, Dre and Ed Lover? She showed <laughs> up in St. Petersburg when I was in Tampa Bay for a number of times, too, yeah. for protests and and o- weird. Weird, but oddly, um, one of that crew, one of the members of that crew, really has made quite the career for herself. Uh, Kennedy, who is now on Fox Business, hosting her own right. show, who was kind of a '90s, like the '90s alt uh, MTV years, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, she, uh, she's on. She does. She's a libertarian and, and does a show on Fox Business. Um, Kurt Loder is also a libertarian. If you remember him from MTV News for all those years, right? Um, he's also a big libertarian. Uh, it's a. It's, Strange Weird. what came out of that era. Um, downtown Julie Brown, however, was on MTV. Uh, asked Dallas running back Emmett Smith, what are you going to wear in the game Sunday? 
uh, that would be the uh, the uniform. That would be the answer to that. Well, you don't know what kind of T-shirt he wears underneath, or if he wears nylons, or he doesn't wear nylons. How are you not on this list? That's a- <laughs> dumbest questions. How are you not on it? <laughs> Ask how he got psyched to play the big games. Buffalo's great running back Thurman Thomas sniffed and said, I read the newspapers and look at all the stupid questions you all ask. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a, <laughs> this is mean. But most of the time, you know, the thing is, is that you've got to, especially now with it being the opening night and everything, I mean, you have to, uh, the NFL treats this pretty big deal uh, with the press. Oh, so, yeah. I mean, stupid questions and all, you got to take it. You take it, you answer it. Yeah. You don't become, I mean, you just, you, you don't show up, you get fined, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, and you, you know, look, you be respectful, and you say, you know, obviously it's a stupid question. You answer, you know, some kind of little funny, ha ha, smart, smart ass answer, but no, I'm not going to answer that. You're stupid. Yeah, well, none of that stuff, man. Uh, Marshawn Lynch that. walked that line and and walked it on the wrong side many times. Yeah, he just wouldn't answer or wouldn't show. He eventually seemingly landed on. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm just here because I, I so I don't get fined. He just kept saying, I don't know, I'm just here so I don't get fined. He just said that to every question. Which is almost kind of, I mean. I think it's, look, the hell you think, I mean, yes, I get that your job is to score touchdowns, but, you know, this is a freaking entertainment product. Yeah, that's what you're in. You know, and I'm sorry. I would find him for that. I would find him for, I'm just here to answer, I don't get fined. You know what, you're going to get fined for that. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't have a problem with that. I mean, I I think, like, I remember when Chip Kelly was was, uh, coaching the Eagles uh, for those three years, you know, I actually liked him as, as a coach. I mean, the team was over 500 with him as a coach. Um, but he, he was such a jerk to the media for no reason. Why? I don't understand it. I mean, like, you know, it's one thing. Bill Belichick a lot of times will not give you anything. But it's another thing to just be, like, snide and, and, and a wise-ass, and not in a fun way. Like, you know, some people are wise-asses in a fun way. Like, you know, they make fun of they have a good relationship with the reporters. They'll bust right. on them. It was just him. Just He was just constantly a jerk in every press conference and did everything he can to never give anything interesting and also be a jerk to everybody. So, you know, that's, no one liked NFL him. NFL chip. And that's how you get fired when you have an above 500 record. Right. Because everybody can't stand you. You know, I mean, you'd know this. Zapai yet? Uh, yes. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the uh, phone number. Let's uh, break for pie. Back in just a second. Pie break. Wait. Uh, uh, mmm. Pie. 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 It's pie time. Um, very yes. excited for this Emporium Pies uh, of Texas. This was one of your better calls. Yeah, this is a good one, year. isn't it? I, better I, I, calls. There's a lot of things uh, that I'm really stupid about, but pie <laughs> is not one of them. Um, this is uh, the great pie shop. In, I think it's just in Texas. I don't know where else it is. That's a good point. I know there's one. In a, there's a few cities around here. If, if you're in Texas, there's one in Dallas. There is one in McKinney. I don't know where else they are. Um, but uh, the pie is really good. They put in a nice little package. I guess you can order them probably from all around the country if you would like. And they have a new line of spring pies out today. And, of course, obviously, we're going to try them because we're fat. Um, so let's <laughs> And because the last time, Stu wasn't here. I wasn't here. That's right. I had to, to bail. So I have, uh, let's start off with Lord of the Pies. This is the, one of their famous this pies. This is the big apple pie, The big right? apple pie right here. Okay. Um, it is this a, was pretty good last time, but it wasn't... Um, you almost would say, like, it's weird that you need to try it again if you've already tried it. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 That is a good apple pie. That is actually better than the last time. I gotta say, first of all, apple pie, number one restriction, 
you absolutely have to have the crumb on top. It's the most important part of the pie. But this is a damn good apple pie. You know anybody that puts cheese on top of it? No. Uh, no. I had a, a stepfather Wait, that did that. Yeah, you're going to go more of the apple one? Well, I'm talking about it. Oh, oh okay. I'm talking about apple pie with cheese on it. Right, We've got, particular... we got a bunch here to get through before we have a great clip of uh, Glenn coming up talking with David Barton about slavery and all the truth behind that. You need to see this here in a few minutes. All right, all right. Uh, Blue Steel is the next one. Uh, flaky all-butter pie crust with flesh, fresh blueberry um, filling with notes of lemon, cinnamon, and vanilla. Oh. So here we go here. So a blueberry pie, but it's got some, a little minute, a little got some extra. Touch of flair. Oh, mm. yeah. Oh, my God. That is, I mean. That's outstanding. That is a freaking good blueberry pie. Again. You aren't lying, it is. You might not like blueberry pie, you might not like apple pie, but if you like either one of those two things, you're going to love those. And those that of is. You in the studio that are thinking, hey, I got to get a bite of that. Oh. Think again. Mm, that blueberry is really good. Okay. Uh, next you up. Take another bite of the blueberry. <laughs> I, didn't eat it. I didn't. Okay. Right, so next up, let's go in the limelight. It's a tart and sweet key oh, lime yeah. custard with cream cheese topping. Ooh, that's, that might be good. I know a key lime pie, that's a Florida deal, man. That's Everybody thinks they can make key lime pie. Yeah, key lime, you know, right, here we go. Oh, forced to eat a bunch of it in Florida. Mm. That's not bad. Not bad for a lime. It's good. Key lime pie, I like for about three bites. It's a mm-hmm. little too much for me. I know. Um, I like the, the idea of the cream cheese topping here. Mm-hmm. It was good. That's why I had to go back to the top. Mm-hmm. It's good. It adds to it. Because it cuts it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good key lime pie. It's not my favorite pie, though. Uh, let's go to next. Um, smooth operate? No, we've got uh, Cloud Nine. Three-layer cream pie with house... This one sounds amazing. House-made salted caramel, butterscotch custard, and brown sugar meringue and a flaky crust. Sorry. That's got to be this one, right? That's this. Yeah, this big tall one here. Because this, Is this the one we had last time? I don't know if you guys have. I think this, this is a new oh, one. This is a new one. Oh, that? Okay. Sh- oh, oh, I mean, that look. Gosh. Look at that. That's look a, at that. I mean, that looks unbelievable. Look at that. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah, I don't believe I could eat anything more than one or two pies. Of this one or two pies? Of this particular kind. Mm. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's really it's a heavy butterscotch, if you like butterscotch a lot. I do. Um, that one's called Cloud Nine. Uh, very good. Pretty good. Um, yeah, it's 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 really rich though. Like I mean, that's a, it's well, a bit overpowering. Good. The blue, uh, blueberry, I think, is my winning one right now. Yeah, the blueberry one because it's like a blueberry lemon. It's really good. Okay, last one we have here is called uh, Doctor Love. Now that's Dr. also Love. obviously Jeffy's nickname. Okay. In case you don't know, um, Doctor Doctor Love. That's me. Uh, this one is a red velvet know, chess pie, like a pie and a brownie had a baby. Is their description? Now I will say, you know me. You know I love the red pie. I know. This is, uh, this is your pie. This is this is what I'm talking about. And if you kind of see, you got a little red velvet. It's like almost a red velvet cake in the middle. Yeah, it is. Like a little blondie maybe on top, and then the pie crust on the bottom. Oh, man, look at, look at that. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, Dr. Not, Love. Enough looking. Let's Let try me a little red velvet from Dr. Love. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's um, it's actually a little bit more chocolatey than a typical red velvet, which I like. Um, it's a what's weird a, delivery for red velvet. It is what that's called, Doctor Love. I know, but what is the actual what's in it? It's red velvet. Do you listen? I just no, I didn't. That's why I wanted to hear. Doctor Love, a red velvet chess pie, like a pie and a brownie had a baby. I heard that. What else did you say about it, though? I'm gonna try another bite of that. Let me try it one more time. 
we'll go and then we can the rank the pies. Let's we'll think about ranking the go pies. Back to the blueberry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Here's how I go. This is tough. I'm gonna try one more blueberry. Let me try one more blueberry. I get the blueberry one more time. I think I'll be set. Mm. Give me the full ranking. Oh my gosh. So oh, good. That's really good. Ah, man. Crap. Okay. <laughs> I'll go. I'm trying to think. All right. I'll go. I'll go. What? What's your number? Your number one. Your number one. Yeah, you go blueberry. first. Blueberry. Blueberry. Blueberry number one. Blueberry one. Out of this. Out of this. Mm-hmm. Blueberry number one. Apple. It's kind of a tie between the the butterscotch and the key lime mm-hmm. with the with the cream cheese, and your red velvet is last. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'll go one apple, two blueberry, Ooh. three red velvet, four uh, butterscotch, five key lime, and. A key lime is a really good key lime. It's just overpowering. I know. The, I, I could bring key lime above the butterscotch. Both of those were really rich and a little too rich for my taste. Um, the red velvet was good, but a little weird. It's like a weird delivery system. Mm-hmm. Pie is a weird del- well, a delivery system for red velvet. The two kind of traditional fruit pies are freaking out of this well, world. They sure are. I wanted to really like this butterscotch one, too, but there was something about it. I don't know what it was. I see you're testing it just to find out because you want to well, take another bite. Hello, that's what we're here for. Um, by the way, uh, Glenn, and David Barton coming up in just a second. I will say those two that mm. all these pies. Oh my god! Not only. Yeah, I'm one apple. Lord mm-hmm. of the pies, baby. Not only mm. do all these pies um, taste better with ice cream, mm-hmm. they also taste better. Don't with you milk. do it, David Barton on slavery, the founders and how they deal, dealt with it. Black heroes you've never heard from, a nerd heard from, and also Constitution. Does it a key to chain or freedom? So we have gone through the relics that we have in the vault uh, and pulled some things out and when I say to David, start from the beginning, he says, sure, 1890. 1893, that's okay. the beginning. And we say 1893 because that's the year of this desk. This desk was in the U.S. Senate in 1893. It belonged to that man, William Cox, who was the secretary of the Senate. So this was the secretary of the Senate's desk. All the bills going through the Senate. Right when here. I, when I said to you, because I knew it was from the Senate, I don't know who he is, but as, uh, as I looked at this, I said, look at the ink that has been spilled on this desk. I said, imagine the documents, and your response? All bad. All bad. All bad. Ah, there might have been a good one in there somewhere, but overall, from civil rights perspective, from black history perspective, all bad, all bad. And he represents a real shift in the nation at that point in time. And nobody, nobody thinks about 1893 with civil rights. It's huge. So to get 1893, let's back up to how all the civil rights stuff even started in America. And you do that, you got to go back to 1619. 1619 in Jamestown, Virginia, you have 19 indentured servants arrive. Now, books say that's the beginning of slavery. Well, it was indentured servants. They worked for a certain number of years, and then they're free. This is so people understand. I was just in Haiti. That's happening. That's again. happening. Mm-hmm. And, and it's being accepted again. And 
to put it into perspective, some people, very few, but some people are being sold in to families as indentured servants. And it's an okay situation. You're still a slave. You're still a slave. But it's an okay. For a certain number of years, you're a slave. Right, until you're 20 or something. I would, I'm dead set against it, mm -hmm. but it's not what you think. However, what's happening in Haiti is most of those kids sleep on the floor, eat mm -hmm. like dogs, serve the family. It's the Cinderella story. That's right. So indentured servitude was accepted globally. 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 And it wasn't slavery, but you had 19 African-Americans who were indentured in Jamestown. One of those folks actually became the first black slave owner in America. He himself was black. So the story of slavery in America begins okay, so, with a black slave owner of black slaves. Okay, so wait, wait, wait. So he was a indentured servant indentured when servant. he came in. He becomes free. He, he becomes free. free. And then he buys slaves. How did he go from indentured servant to slaves? How did we, how, how did we all of a sudden say slavery was okay? Was it well, in the law? You, know, you, you to... just kind of said the Cinderella story. It's kind of a thin line between indentured servant and, and slavery. slavery. Yeah. Now, granted, indentured servant is seven years or however many years mm -hmm. it was because you didn't have the money to have passage over. Now, see, the problem, problem to a slaver in America is we weren't going and looking for slaves. Dutch traders traded anything. You give me this, and I, you know, it's, it's like uh, those little corner guys in New York City right. trade everything. Yeah. And what happened was Muslim slave hunters in Africa would raid all these African villages. They would take these Africans and sell them to the Dutch. The Dutch say, we'll sell anything anywhere. So they might sell Africans over here and bring back linen from over here. Right. And, and so that's how slavery came into America was, was Muslim slave hunters we're putting slaves on Dutch ships. Dutch ships come to America. Which is we trade. Still happening today. Still happens today. Not happening with the Dutch trade, but it's still happening today. The, Muslims the, believe. The biggest it. source of slavery throughout all that era was Muslims. Okay. They were the ones who were capturing all these blacks. Uh, the Amistad story, John Quincy Adams. Those were all, all the folks on the Amistad ship had been captured by Muslim slave hunters out of Africa who put them on that ship and, and were sending them to Spain. We encourage you to do your own homework. Because David just said a mouthful that is so politically incorrect. One, first slave owner in America was a black man. Um, no judgment there, it, it just was. Slavery's a human problem. Yeah, it's it does, not a, it it's goes not a across problem. all colors, all lines, Correct. all people. And then you say that, like for instance, the Amistad, those were all captured by Muslims. Politically incorrect. Don't take anything that we say on mm -hmm. this show, gospel. This show Check is to make you that's say, right. wait a minute, I, I want to know. But go to original sources, and that's why, that's why we're bringing in the table, that's why we're bringing in the documents and the things in the vault, to be able to show you, here it is, the original document, the original story, now go check it out for yourself. That's right, exactly Do right. your own homework. That, and that's key. Okay. And, and that 1619 is going to get us to 1893 eventually. Okay. But you take 1619, so that's where slavery is introduced. Now, notice it's a southern state. It's Virginia. And so you have the southern state settled first. You have Jamestown. Your next settlement is up at, at, with the Pilgrims in, in Plymouth and following them. They had slaves? The, well, this is the next place where slavery gets introduced is okay. in the north. And at that point, you have the Pilgrims who arrive in 1620, and in 1630, you have the Puritans who arrive. 
these are the Bible guys. If, if you right. want to say it, they're the evangelicals. Th yeah. These are the other religious guys down here, but these are evangelicals. Who's on the Mayflower? Mayflower the, was... Evangelicals? Evangelicals. Yes, okay. And, and you know, I use that term loosely, but yeah, yeah, yeah. people know the, these what These are the is. ones. They, the, these are the, the Bible Puritans thumpers. that were, they were calling them Puritan as a slam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're so, so pure. pure. That's yeah. right. You're, you're so right. holier than that. Right, right. And, and they were they were dead set on living by the Bible. These are the These guys, guys down here is whatever the church says. Yeah, we right. got preachers, we got ministers, we go to church, but we really don't read it that much. So the Mayflower people are the ones we celebrate on Thanksgiving. These are the guys who I can't imagine would be okay with slavery. Well, slavery, the the you have the, the Jamestown colony taking slaves, and now they're bringing slaves about 1643 up into the New England colonies. And these are all the Bible thumpers up there. I'm, and I say that in a sense they actually know the Bible and they try to live by it. Yeah. They, they try to do their economics by the Bible. And They're the people that were not following the state church. That's right. And, and they are the ones who had great relations with Indians because they would only purchase land from Indians. Yes. So what happens is now those slaves come to those folks and they go, ooh, time out. Uh, we have here in, in Revelation that it says we see at the end time gathered around his throne are all these people from all nations, all tribes, all languages, and they're all worshiping him. What's this deal about having slavery and having colors? And we don't do that. And the other thing is, is you go back to what um, the Bible says in Acts 17. Paul says we're all of one blood. And so these nutty guys in New England had this crazy idea that there's only two races in the world, those who know God and those who don't know God. And it wasn't about color. So slavery comes to them they freed all the slaves and imprisoned the slave owners. They said, you're not going to run slaves in here. Do you know in Massachusetts, there never, never was a time when blacks could not vote in Massachusetts. They've had voting rights from the very beginning. No idea. Because, see, that, that should be their license plate. That should be their vote. license plate. That's right. Should, first in vote. That's right. First, first in vote. And so civil rights in that, in that era up there. And about 1680 or so, you have John Wise, who's preaching sermons, says all men are created equal. They're all endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among which is life. and That's in the Declaration. Exactly. But it was preached in a sermon there. The founding fathers took those sermons, reprinted them in 1772, and then guess what? They end up in Declaration, 1776. So that New England area up there, that's where you don't find... You'll eventually have slaves that come in because individual people moved there, carried their slaves with them, whatever. But as a policy up there, pilgrims and Puritans put their foot down. So when the slave traders went up there, or the people who had slaves, let's say I lived in Virginia and I moved up and I took all my slaves, what happened? Were they allowed to have their slaves there with them? Yeah, they had their slaves there with them, and that's what led and to... were those blacks as slaves allowed to vote? You know, that's a good question. I don't know if they were allowed to vote in, in Massachusetts or not. That's a good question. Okay. I don't know the answer to that, but I know that as a policy in Massachusetts, blacks could vote. Okay. And it had been that way, as a matter of fact. Um, but women could not. Women could. Women could vote. It was property owners that voted, and you often voted as a family. See, I, I have to tell you, I had an argument with somebody just recently about this, and uh, I said, taxpayers, mm -hmm. and in, the, in those days, that's what it meant, property owners. Mm -hmm. That meant because you had property, you paid property tax. Am mm -hmm. I not? Mistaken? That's it. Okay, so taxpayers should be the ones who can vote. That's right. If you don't pay, I mean, if you pay a penny in tax, mm -hmm. you should be able to vote. But if you pay no income tax, you shouldn't 
have because you're telling everybody else what they're going to do with their, their money. money. And see, that was that was why in in colonial America you had to be a landowner to vote because money comes off your property taxes. And if you don't have property, I'm telling you how much I'm going to tax you so that you can Correct. pay for that. Correct. Doesn't, that doesn't and, hold and up. And creates what we now, we now have. And see what happens is professors say, oh, the rich white landowners. Mm, no, time out. It was all colors who owned land. And by the way, in Pennsylvania. They made it easy to own land was a penny an acre. They wanted you to own land, but once you had skin in the game, now you can vote, and you're not likely to vote higher taxes on your own property. Now, see, if I'm only renting stuff and Don't you're care. paying property taxes, you're paying for my school education right. for my kids. It's, uh, I'm renting stuff. I don't have any taxes. Correct. I pay no property taxes. So that's why they had that philosophy, and that's why you, if you go back to the Bible, you remember when they were dividing up the land, and there was a group of, of ladies that came and said, hey, we don't have, we're not married, and we don't have husbands, and there's no brothers in our family. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do for it? And Moses, or Joshua said, you get an inheritance, just like everybody else. So they were landowners, and in New England, if you were the landowner, there was no husband in the family, no brothers, you vote. I mean, it was you, you vote on the basis of property. Now, they, you have to think of it more in terms of it's kind of like a family voting. Mm -hmm. you know, so the guy's going to be the one who votes most of the time. But it's, it's not this big, hard policy that, oh, you're a woman, you can't vote. No, there are examples in New England of if you were a lady, then own property, and you're, you're the lady of the house. Yeah, you, you can vote. So blacks, ladies, all that, but we don't cover that in, in history today. No, I mean, again, we've made it for very political rigid. reasons. Yeah. it's easier to to shave the truth. It is um, on that. Okay, so so you find the country now starting to develop in north and south. It actually there's north and south, and there's a buffer zone. You've got three southern colonies that are hardcore pro-slavery. Mm -hmm. You've got most of the colonies in the north that don't want slavery at all. And it's the colonies between there that are kind of mixed. And so what happens is you kind of have a mark of division. People can say the Mason-Dixon line, whatever they want to say. But there is this mark of division. And the policies are real different between the two. Uh, down in the south, this is property we're talking about. Up in the north, that's not property, that's people. And so down in the south, slaves are my property. And total different policies. I'll also point out up in the north is where most of your Bible people were. Down in the south is where most of your church people were. So it's the opposite of what it is now. It, well, it, it really ways. is. It, it really is. And a lot of that happened after Sherman's March of the Sea. There was kind of revivals that took off in the mm -hmm. south, and they got their heads together. Um, so you have this moving forward. Now, as you come into the American founding period, you have 13 nations. And each nation has its own policy on slavery. We're not a nation. We're, as a matter of fact, Massachusetts is made up of three states at the time. Maine is part of Massachusetts, and the Massachusetts Bay Colony, and the Plymouth Plantation Colony. So Massachusetts is actually three mm. states, if you will. You, you have Vermont is New York. The, even though they're really not together, that's the same colony. Wow. So you have, you have all these separate things. They all have their... They were so much nations, you actually had those colonies that would fight each other over their borders. You had shooting fights. I mean, it's not like we think of today of driving from Texas to Oklahoma or from or Kansas. It's nothing Arkansas. different. It's, back then, it's like driving from Poland into Germany or a different nation. So they all had different policies. And those different, and different policies. Uh, uh, different, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and so now you get them together at the Constitutional Convention or you get them together in the Continental Congress and trying to make national policies for 13 nations. 
hard thing to do. Yeah. And so at that point in time in 1784, Thomas Jefferson in the National Congress, Continental Congress, introduces a bill to abolish slavery in every colony. We're not going to have a, any colony in America. Now, we're not a nation yet. But 1782. 84. 84. 1784. It missed by one vote. Wow. Missed by one vote. And he, he writes, wow. oh, to God, that he would have changed one heart. You know? and, and so he goes into this lament of how close we came. We could have ended slavery, and we missed it by one vote. That's 1784. Where was that one vote from? Uh, it was, I, I don't remember the state he wrote about it. Okay. And it was, it was a vote. Um, then you move to 1789. Now we're a nation. We have the Constitution. We'll talk about the Constitution later. We're going to talk about whether it's constitutional change. 1789 is the first federal anti-slavery law. You have the 13 states that have come in with their own policies, but now we're going to be a nation. And George Washington signs a law, August 7, 1789, that says, okay, here's the deal. All this territory we've got out here, we're not going to allow any slavery anywhere in any federal territory. We've got slaves in the South. We've got some slaves elsewhere. Here out, as we grow, no more slavery. That's the first federal anti-slavery law is signed by George Washington, 1789. And that really is the, the match or the strike pad for what would come later. That's it. The Civil War. 